Hey Jazz fans, this is Jack Hamblin, and you are listening to Utah Jazz Weekly, a podcast for every fan of the Utah Jazz. Every week I have a ton of fun writing and recording these episodes for you guys, and of course I love talking about the Utah Jazz. If you guys would like, you can leave a rate and review on this podcast. That would really help me out a ton. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome back to Utah Jazz Weekly. We had quite the week of Utah Jazz basketball, and honestly it's hard to talk about this team right now because I want to be so positive and praise the greatness and so critical and criticize the the awful things that are happening, and so we're going to kind of cover both the bad and the good side of what has happened in this last week of, of Jazz basketball, and then we'll look towards the future and what we need to do to iron out the mistakes of what's happening. So if we look back on this past week, the Jazz went 2-2, two and two, falling short against the Brooklyn Nets with no Kevin Durant, and then the New York Knicks, who are traditionally a pretty awful team, but lately have actually been playing some really great basketball. And then the Jazz had an amazing win against the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the best, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference at the moment. And then we also had a, a nice gritty win against the Pistons yesterday. And so... If we look at the the schedule going two and two, it's almost like the Jazz lost some games they should have won and then won some games that maybe they should have lost based on the play. In my opinion, I think the Jazz and what I predicted in last week's episode, the Jazz should have gone three and one, um, either beating the Nets or the Bucks and losing to the other, but definitely beating the Knicks and Pistons. But like I said, the Knicks have been playing pretty good basketball lately and are on the more positive side of things compared to their past. So, is it more of the Jazz playing poorly, or the Knicks playing at a very at a very good pace and a very high quality at the moment? We can't really tell, and so we can criticize the Jazz, but also the Knicks are playing pretty well. So, looking ahead of the season, there are some things to really be positive about, and then there are some things that we can look at it at a negative standpoint and really kind of criticize the Jazz on because there are some things that we are that as a franchise the Jazz aren't doing very well and so if we look back on let's take a look back on the Nets and Knicks games here and it really starts with the defense and we've talked about this before but it just the offense is going to come from the defense and the amount of freedom that they gave Kyrie Irving and Jarrett Allen during the Nets game was pretty atrocious and even like across the whole court those would be two of the highlights also Karis LeVert on the nets um just all the freedom that they gave them defensively their them to the Jazz defensively the nets on the other side of the ball offensively was the reason for the loss and it's unfortunate and obviously it was almost a week ago so we can look back on that, and I would just say the biggest thing is that the the freedom on the defensive side of the ball that the Jazz had and allowed the Nets to be so free on offense. But when we look at the Knicks game, it's it's just frustrating to watch the Jazz match the level of play of the team they're playing. When I'm saying that, it's they it almost seems like they come into the game thinking, oh, the Knicks aren't a great team so we don't have to play as great. And, of course, a lot of people would say that they're NBA players, they're professional basketball players, they're coming into every game competitively, but it it doesn't show on the court as much. And I want to say that I do believe they 
are coming into every game with that mentality, but it's not showing it in their play. And maybe I'm wrong, but it's just showing that way in their play. So against the Knicks, the Knicks power forward, Julius Randle, had 30 points and 16 rebounds with 7 assists. And they just were – they had the game. Um, they played the game really well, and they were up by a pretty good amount. Um, they were up – the Knicks were at 44 at half, and the Jazz were at – 56 so they were up 56 44 up by 12 at the half which in the nba isn't a major lead but then they ended up losing the game by 12 so when we talk about the jazz and we can look back on those two losses i'm just going to talk about the kind of the negative things and what we can work on for the future or what the jazz can work on for the future as a franchise and what we can look at as a negative standpoint and it's kind of i'm feeling like a broken record here because last week we talked about george niang and he's continuing very poor play and as a fan base I've really seen a lot of people talking about this and as I watch I'm seeing myself thinking it is why is he getting minutes and obviously he might just be in a funk and we're going to trust in coach Snyder because he he knows best and he knows the rest of the best and what's going to succeed but it just seems foolish to me why we would not why the Jazz would not put in somebody like Shaquille Harrison or Jarrell Brantley. And obviously they're not kind of the same three-point shooters as Niang is, but the amount of offensive production they can provide compared to Niang seems like a much higher upside and worth the risk. So I really hope, and we tried a tiny bit with Maya Oni, but I just hope in these next couple games... Even if Niang plays a couple more, if he continues his play, I just hope Snyder can see what we're seeing. And obviously we don't see the same game the game the same way because we're fans and he's a coach. But I just hope that maybe he can give another guy a shot unless Niang remedies this slump that he's in. So it'd be really awesome to me if we could see somebody else come into the game, but trust in Snyder and maybe Niang will fall out of this slump. So there was a stat today um, provided by David Locke, and it kind of explains the reason for the Jazz's um, inconsistency really well. And so let me find this real quick, just a quote from David Locke, the Jazz's uh, sportscaster. Um, let's see here. He It was a stat about the Jazz's points per game and offensive production um, when they get the rebound versus when they don't. So here we are. So a quote from David Locke, Jazz offense ranks fourth in the NBA after a defensive rebound, but 23rd after a made basket. On defense, the Jazz ranked fourth after a made basket and 27th off of a defensive rebound. And that's why that is the inconsistency. And that, I think, just explains it really perfectly because as a viewer and as a fan, the biggest thing that I can see and that the whole fan base has been able to see is the inconsistency where we're beating the Clippers and we're beating the Spurs who just beat the Lakers and having really good games like that, but then we're losing to the Timberwolves and the Knicks and the Nets without Kevin Durant. And so it's almost like... We're winning the games we sh we're winning the games I think we're not gonna be successful in, and then we're losing the games that I feel like we're gonna do really well in. So 
the inconsistency comes from that quote, and it just needs to be remedied because to have the record that we want and to be able to set up the regular season for the postseason, which is so far away, is the key to that is consistency and being able to beat the teams you should be. And if you're going to lose a game, it needs to be because the other team outplays you, not because you outplay yourself or because you just allow them easy baskets and simple basketball. Looking at that and talking about and the criticism of the Jazz, we are 6-4 and four after 10 games and 4th place in the West, beating some really good teams. Um, we j- just beat the Milwaukee Bucks a couple days ago, and if we look at that game, the Jazz set a franchise record, making 25 three-pointers, and we shot incredibly well. And that's, again, kind of going back to the old mantra that I was talking about, that we live and die by the three. And if we're hitting our threes, we're going to win, and if not, we're going to lose. And that can be a good thing and bad thing because we're unstoppable if we're making the threes, but we don't have an alternative if we're not. So it's either like we need to be the one of the most legendary three-point teams in the history of the NBA as far as our, as far as our stats go, or if we're not shooting well, we need to be able to put guys in that can drive and create more opportunities in the paint for Rudy and for Favors. And Mitchell is a great rim runner, and Conley is really going well to the rim as as well, along with Mitchell. But there was a play from yesterday's game where Conley and Favors screened for Conley, and then they were just running into each other, and you definitely saw a little bit of a stutter in their offense because of this. So it's it's the offense needs to be able to either be in incredibly well every game from three which I think is unlikely or they need to be able to run to the rim when the threes aren't hitting and that's something that we have failed to do when the threes aren't hitting so it was a great win against the Bucks, and the threes were falling and the defense was there Giannis got shaken up a little bit in the third quarter which was unfortunate and I don't think we credit the win to that but you could definitely see his play had been altered from the fall that he took, he went up to block Rudy. Rudy pumped instead of shot, and then Giannis like fell on Rudy kind of, and then hit his right hip really hard on the court. And so, when looking at that, I don't think that resulted in the win. It might have helped a little bit, but I mean, very efficient game for the Jazz. Very good game offensively. Clarkson with twenty six, Mitchell with thirty two, Bogey for twenty, Royce for eighteen, going six for eight from three. And I want to talk about Royce a little bit more later and how I hope we see more games like this from him. But really awesome game. Played the basketball that we should play every game, no matter who we're playing. This needs to be the kind of basketball we're playing. The 25 point, 25 three-pointers made. And not even that many three-pointers because that was the fourth most in NBA history in any game. Um, and the most in Utah Jazz franchise record. But just being efficient from three like they were, which was 47%, which was really awesome. And... The assists have been something that we've kind of struggled with, but the assists were on that game. 31 assists from the Jazz. I believe that was a season high, and so that was something that needs to definitely happen more. I want to see what we did against Milwaukee in every game. It was a really great game. Um, I didn't watch it live because I was busy that night, but um, it seems like all the games I do watch live, they lose, so maybe I need to not watch as many live as I do and we'll win more, but... Really solid game for the, from the Jazz, and just good play all around. The assists are what stand out to me because that's something that I was pretty critical of 
um, against the Jazz earlier. And then yesterday, um, we beat Detroit 96 to 86. And the Detroit made it a game. And Jeremy Grant is a really good player. And the shots definitely weren't falling in this game. Bogdanovich 0 for 5. Uh, Royce 0 for 2. Mitchell 4 from 8 was really good. Niang 0 for 4. Again, Niang's struggles are killing us. But we we pumped out a gritty win against a team we should be and a team that was within, within reach of a win there towards the end. Um, they were in the four-point range in the fourth quarter, four points behind us and like six points behind us. And then we'd pull ahead by 10 again. They'd bring it back to six. So they definitely played a full game against us and um, tried their best. And it was a good, a good grind. It was definitely those games where you see the Jazz know the shots aren't falling and they know they're not really on their game offensively. So they just try and grit and grind one out. And so that was definitely one of those games. Um, Jeremy Grant had a good game against us. Um, just as a team, the Pistons are one of the worst teams in the East, and they had a pretty good game against us, only lost by 10. And Favors with 14 rebounds, really good. Rudy, another 19-rebound game. And he had four blocks. So ending the week with two wins was definitely, I was happy to see. After the Knicks and Nets games, I was pretty much expecting a loss against Milwaukee after the way they played, but they turned things around. And as a fan base and as on their roster, they need to look back at that game and really they just need to model their offensive strategy off of what they did there because it worked. And when we talk about offense, that was their best offensive game of the season. I would say one of their best offensive games, especially against such a great Milwaukee defense. And yeah, just a great game. Uh, it was a, it was good to watch afterwards after the recording after it was live. So when we talk about the Jazz on offense, like I was saying, it needs to be modeled after that Milwaukee game. But then I think the Jazz's anchor is really on defense. And Royce O'Neal's doing a great job. And I think that he is really improving on defense. And as we look, um, look forward in the season... I think he is going to be a great defender. He usually defends the other team's best player, and I just think that he's our go-to guy for that. And I'm I'm excited to see what he does against some really good guards. Um, something I saw somewhere is that um, someone was saying Royce is really good for guarding some bigger guards that we play, and I think he's that guy. But for a quicker guard, Donovan is more of the guy that should be on them. And I would agree with that if they're more physical type and kind of driving, not uh, not so much driving to the basket, but mid-range and three-pointer. Royce is the guy to be on that with his height and his uh, wingspan and everything. But Mitchell, I think, for the quickness, should be on the quicker guard. So that's a really nice balance defensively on the, on the guard side defensively. So when we look ahead for the Jazz... Oh, and I wanted to talk more about Royce O'Neal for Milwaukee Bucks before we move on. He just had an amazing game, and he has the potential to have those kinds of games. I hope we see it more this season. It's hard for him to stay stay consistent on the offensive end because he is, first of all, becoming the most exhausted player because he's guarding the other team's best player, and if he's doing a good job at that, we don't exactly need him to be as productive on the offensive end. But just having him hit six for eight from three if he can average 
six to eight attempts, and if he's making 50% in that 50% range of game, I would say like um, three for eight or two for six, three for six, I would say that he can be a very effective three-point shooter for us and a big three and D guy. He's becoming a really good role player, and I'm excited to see him uh, in the future doing what he's been doing best this season because this is his first season as a starter, and it's it's been fun to watch. I've been a big Royce fan since he was here his rookie year, same year as Donovan, and he was drafted that same year in the second round, and he's just become one of my favorite um my favorite players on the Jazz. Um, if we look ahead for this week of Jazz games, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because I was just a little bit busier today, so just taking a little bit less time to record because of that. So if we look at this week's schedule for the Jazz, they're going to finish up their road trip tomorrow night in Cleveland against the Cavaliers, who are playing really well lately. And then they're going to... That's the second-to-last game of the road trip, and then on Wednesday they're going to be in Washington playing the Wizards, who have struggled, but it seems like they their their coach is on the hot seat, and he may get he may get fired this season. So they are such an interesting team because in the NBA in points per game they are second highest in the entire NBA, and then in assists per game they're second highest in the entire NBA, but in blocks per game and rebounds per game, they are 29th and 29th, and their point differential is not good at all, and they they are 2-8, and eight, and they haven't started the, the season well at all. So, um, I think the Jazz, so those are the two first games of the week's finishing off the road trip, and then the Jazz are going to come back home, play Atlanta on Friday, who started the season off well and have a lot of talent on the roster. I know they're hoping for the playoffs this year. But if they keep playing like they do, they're definitely going to fall short. And then a game I've been looking forward to since the schedules were released, the Jazz are flying to Denver on Saturday or Sunday. And then Sunday night, they will be playing the Denver Nuggets. And this is, of course, a playoff rematch from last year. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But first, I just want to talk about the Jazz finishing off the road trip. So the Cavaliers are, let's see here, they've had some decent games they're playing right now as I'm recording, and, um, you know, this is a team that I've questioned their strategy on building a roster for a while, but they have started 5-5, five and five and they have a really good backcourt, and their guards, they just have a really good backcourt, and let me see here, they've got... Oh, so in this game that they're playing right now, they're resting Colin Sexton, who I would say is one of their best players. Devin Dodson is also a very good guard. And so, um, it just depends with the Cavaliers. Sometimes they play really great games. They're a really fast team and a really good hustle, but they're definitely a game. This is definitely a game the Jazz should win. Um, they are pretty hurt, um pretty banged up. Colin Sexton's out, Darius Garland's out, and so their roster is is completely trashed right now, so definitely them being shorthanded, the Jazz should win it. It was released today in our injury report that Favors and Ingles are day-to-day, and so I think they'll both play. They've kind of been day-to-day uh, Ingles since his since a couple days ago, so another thing we can talk about, Ingles wa- had the longest streak of games played in 
and in the whole NBA, and that unfortunately broke because of an injury um, against Milwaukee, and we beat them anyway, and they're such a good team. So, yeah, just a little side note there is Ingles was broke his streak, which was sad, and he's actually had the second most games played in a row next to John Stockton, who had an incredible career not being injured-wise. And so, yeah. But then, yeah, I think um, Tuesday, tomorrow night, when we play Cleveland, it should be, you know, when we're playing lower-quality teams, I am just thinking this is a game that Jazz should roll through and demolish. And like we've said, it's NBA basketball, but they don't have an excuse not to completely be extremely efficient, play really good defense, and just find a way to win because it's just not it's a very short-handed team in the first place but even when they're fully healthy they're not that good of a team so it should be a team that the jazz should beat and then if we look at the wizards which is going to be wednesday night the jazz play them their backcourt right now is russell westbrook and bradley beal but westbrook is hurt with a quad injury so he's not even going to be playing so they're really going to be short-handed and this is just another game that the jazz should roll by pretty easily and it's just gonna be before when I saw these teams on our schedule I was excited to be like oh we're playing a not that good of a team these are gonna be great wins in the win column to help our seeding in the future but since this season um, I'm really looking at these as I hope we can pull it together in these and I hope that the players are coming into the game the same they would against someone like Milwaukee, and we should play just as efficient as we did against Milwaukee because that is such a high-quality team versus these teams that are a much lower quality. So I don't see any reason why the Jazz shouldn't hit a stride this week and go 4-0. and So they're finishing the, f- the road trip with uh, Cleveland and Washington, then they come home on Friday, or they'll come home and play on Friday against the Atlanta Hawks, who also are pretty short-handed um they have another Bogdanovich which is pretty funny because we have Boyan and they have Bogdan both Bogdanoviches and he's out and then Gallinari who they got from the Thunder this offseason he is out as well and he's a great shooter and then Chris Dunn is a really great defensive guard for them and he's out and then Rajon Rondo is a pretty key part of their bench and he's out as well so they're four and five and really short-handed another game the Jazz should just roll by i can say that in both of these games the jazz need to do a very similar thing in putting donovan on bradley beal and donovan on trey young for the wizards and hawks respectively or the so when we talk about the wizards hot cleveland um their best player guards are out so there's really no great defensive matchup that is required and the key to victory here but i would just say that the Jazz need to have a good variety on offense against Cleveland, and it should be a game that they win easily. But against teams like Washington and Atlanta, they can catch fire a lot easier than Cleveland does, or than, yeah, than Cleveland does. And they are really, you know, they have players that can catch a lot catch on fire a lot easier than any players on Cleveland. So the Wizards have Bradley Beal, who dropped like 60 points in a loss the other day. And that must be so frustrating as a player to drop that many points and still lose. But he can catch fire. And even though they lost that game, if we allow him to, to score 50 and some other players on that roster have a good game, it could definitely result in a loss for us. So 
keeping Donovan, who I would put to guard Bradley Beal as him being a faster guard, on on Beal, putting Donovan on him and Donovan having a good offensive game, I would say is the key to victory there defensively. And then against the Hawks, they have Trey Young, who has struggled lately. He got off on a really hot start in the first couple games of the season, but from three, he's really struggled. And again, he could have a really great game, and he's a really great player. So keeping those guards in check are the easiest way for the Jazz to just completely make those teams flat on offense because without those guards playing well, they aren't going to play well as a team because they're their best players and some of their only um, effective players on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then we look ahead for the end of the week, which is Sunday against the Nuggets, and I hope we squash them. <laughs> I hope we demolish the Nuggets because last playoffs hurt and they they're still painful even though it was a while ago and I know Donovan is going to remember the pain and I know everyone else on the roster that played against Denver is going to remember the pain and of course it's in Denver not in Florida so not the same arenas at all and not the same environment but it's the same players and it's still Jokic against Rudy and it's still Jamal Murray against Mitchell and those head-to-head matchups are going to be entertaining to watch and i'm very excited for this denver game um nfl playoffs are going right now so unfortunately those kind of overlap on sunday but i'm definitely going to be watching this nuggets jazz game um and yeah we have paul Millsap on the nuggets who used to play for us in utah and he was a really good player here and he's been effective for them there as well i thought that they would let him go but he he got re-signed there so really looking forward to this week of jazz basketball and what else can we talk about as far as the team goes? It's just the inconsistency, and we see this we see this at the start of almost every season, and 6-4 and four obviously isn't something to be too frustrated about as a fan of the franchise, but it is like the four losses are against teams we should have beat, which is really frustrating. It's almost like we should be 9-1, and one. and of course... It's NBA basketball, and I sound like a broken record there, but it is, and some teams are just going to outplay you, but the Knicks game should have been a win, and that one was really frustrating because we were up by 12 at the half, and it looked like we were playing really well against them, and then we kind of took our feet off the gas, and they kind of took their feet off the gas, and it was really frustrating to watch, so that I think that should have been a win, and then if we look back, of course, like I've talked about, the Timberwolves game should have been a win too, so I feel like the way that the Jazz have played at their best, the potential is there and the talent is there. We have such a great roster aside from having a solid ninth man off the bench because Niang hasn't played well at all, so I think we just need to split his minutes up into Maya Oni, Shaq Harrison, and Brantley. Brantley didn't go with them on the road trip, so we're definitely not going to see him in the next two games, but... Giving Shaq Harrison and Maya Oni Niang's minutes, I think, would be a smart idea and just seeing what they can do with those and what kind of effective basketball because you can tell every time Maya Oni hits the court is that he is hungry to play. So I think that could be something that can improve our record. Um, it's just this week, the Nuggets haven't even been playing very well. They are 5-5, five and five, so... I mean, not awful, but they've lost some games they should have won, and lately they've been a little bit better, but 
they it's definitely a week where we could start hitting our stride and um it's definitely a game where the offense should be there and there's no reason why any player should have a a great game against the Jazz defensively because that's where our team should start and its core and its values is the defense because that's just going to lead to better offense and if teams are just going to be scoring on us easy baskets no uncomfort no contest it's just going to be frustrating because that should be the priority and that's what's going to lead to wins so um another thing about the Cavs game is um the Jazz lead the NBA in defensive rating which is good and that's just comes come from oh so actually sorry I misread that so the Cavaliers the Cavaliers lead the NBA in defensive rating and so they've been playing really good defensively I know we're up there as well and then they are absolutely last in offensive rating which is interesting to see I don't know that about the Cavaliers so um, hopefully the Jazz can find a way to penetrate their lead-leaguing defense, and I think it starts with a lot of players that are injured, so we're playing some depleted rosters here coming up, and I just really think, I would say my prediction for this week is 3-1. and one. Um, I could see us falling to the Hawks, I could see Trey Young having a really good game, and then sometimes Denver just knows how to play us well. I mean, they swept us in the regular season last year and then of course the playoff series they came back and beat us but um I think we should I think we should go 4-0 I think we will go 3-1 and with another ugly loss to a team we should beat because the roof the ceiling of this roster and the potential of this roster is a roster that will go 4-0 and against these teams and I'm excited to watch this week of jazz basketball um it feels like it's been forever since they played but they just played yesterday maybe because it was an afternoon game yesterday for those of you that tuned in but maybe that's why it's felt like forever and um obviously this is impossible and I wouldn't wish this on the players but to watch jazz basketball every day would be would be really awesome but they'll play Tuesday and Wednesday we can watch both of those games and um this episode's going to be a little bit shorter today so I think that's um going to be it for you guys um I'm excited to see see what we do this week and hopefully we can pull it together and smooth things out as far as the inconsistency goes i think that the consistency can be there and there's a potential for it for sure and i really hope to see it and if not we'll just have to keep having that conversation of what can we do to be more consistent maybe we'll see some shaq harrison and maya oni this week um i know i know quinn snyder likes george niang but i think it would be helpful to try somebody else out and that's going to be it for you guys today. Make sure um, you follow the Instagram page at utah.jazzweekly. And if you'd like, um, share the Instagram page on your own social media. If you enjoy this podcast and you think somebody else would enjoy the podcast that is also a Jazz fan, or just if they want to know more about NBA basketball, if they want to start becoming a fan of the Jazz, I think uh, this podcast is a pretty shallow dive into what the franchise is doing i don't go into anything too complicated most of the time i try to keep things pretty general so if you guys would like to you can share the instagram page again that's at utah dot jazz weekly just the same name as the 
podcast, but with a dot after Utah. And then you can leave a rating and review on the podcast if you would like as well, if you're enjoying things. And yeah, just spread the word. Let everybody who you think you would enjoy it know. And I will see you guys back next Monday. Hopefully we can talk about the Jazz being 10-4. and 4. That would be an amazing record after this week of four games. Uh, enjoy this week. Enjoy watching the Jazz this week. And hope you guys have a good one. See you later.